Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. Now that it's a new year and a new decade, maybe you're looking for new ways to get more visibility in your business. Well, today our guest speaker will show you how you can get more visibility, attract your tribe, and scale your business through public speaking. Before we get started, I want to remind you to leave us a review on wherever you get your podcast. We always love hearing from you and tag us on Instagram. If you're listening in, we'd love to hear which episode you screenshotted by sharing on stories and tag us at Modern Creative Podcast. Now let's get started. Like Diana mentioned today, we do have a guest with us. So we have Jessica Razdal with us and she is a motivable, motivable, that's a new word. Jessica is a motivational speaker, best-selling author, public speaking strategist, and the host of the Creative Speaker Podcast, which we will definitely link in the show notes. So Jessica partners with small business owners to craft stories and presentations that connect with their audience and convert from the stage. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you here because I, again, like I, when I get excited, I sing names. So I'm like, welcome, Jessica. <laughs> so I like, I don't know why I do that, but now it's become like a thing. So our we're listening for everyone now, Joyce, now that you've revealed your secret. <laughs> welcome. Like, oh gosh. Okay. Sorry for whoever has to listen to me sing. So before we get into how our listeners can begin to use speaking in their creative businesses, I would love it if you could share a little bit more about how you started with speaking before you ended up doing what you do now, which is helping other entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Now, I'll make it really clear that I had zero interest in ever being a speaker. I am a hardcore introvert, like INFJ to the T, and I had no interest of being up on a stage and talking to people, but sometimes like our plans are not the plans for us. And when I was a freshman in college, I made a decision on a Friday night that resulted in the death of my best friend. And I was a driver in a fatal car accident. And going from, you know, one moment thinking about midterms and what I was going to major in the next minute wondering like, am I going to make it out of this car? And what am I going to do? How do I move forward with this? And now she's gone. I had no idea what to do next and how to pick up the pieces, but it was about to be prom time with the high school I had just graduated from. And there was something in me that just kept saying, like, I was supposed to go talk to them. I was supposed to talk to them before prom and I was supposed to share with them about the mistakes that I had made so they wouldn't repeat them so that I could prevent somebody else from being in this situation so that I could keep Laura's memory alive. Like it was just burning inside of me. And I went and I spoke and the feedback was incredible to hear that nothing happened that year, that nobody got hurt, that people were making good decisions, that communication with parents had been opened up and it like lit a fire in me. And I started to feel like maybe there was a reason that I made it out of the car that night because all signs pointed to it should have been me instead. It didn't make sense that I made it out of the car. And in the years following, I traveled the country, sharing my story, speaking to as many people as I could all around the world. And I just really found that 
I had a knack for taking a difficult story and packaging it up in a way that could help somebody else, but still protect my heart and share it in a way that didn't just like air your dirty laundry. And through this whole process though, I was facing 10 and a half to 15 years in prison for DUI manslaughter. And people don't necessarily recommend that you go out and like share your story when that's going on. I don't think that's what lawyers recommend. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) It's not really a good move, but I didn't really care about any of that stuff. Like I knew this was what I was supposed to be doing until about two and a half years of this waking up every day wondering, you know, how far out could I make a doctor's appointment and how much longer until we were finally going to come to the end. And I just walked into the courtroom and begged my judge to sentence me. I was like, I'm done. I'm ready. Let's go. And because of my young age, because of tons of legislative stuff, I was granted a youthful offender departure and spent the next four years of my life in prison where everybody else, I should have spent four years in college. And instead I spent it in razor wire. And when I came home to try to rebuild and pick up the pieces, I was hit with so many slam doors. Like that's the part that nobody tells you about or prepares you for is when you come home and it's time to start over the kind of adversity that you're going to face. You feel like I've made it through the hardest part. I've made it through this sentence and now I get to have a normal life, but it's really just a whole new sentence. And I couldn't go back to school. I could, I just had all of these things happening and I kept coming back to this feeling of like, I know I'm supposed to be speaking but I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be speaking on because this whole time leading up, I was the girl waiting to go to prison and I was sharing this story and it was all about uh, awareness and raising awareness about this. But now I was the woman who had made it out the other side. And quite frankly, I had no idea who Jessica was. I felt like I had been lost inside of all of this and it was time to rewrite my story. And again, it was validated that, Hey, I was kind of good at this. Like I was kind of good at understanding what parts of the story needed to be held private and what parts of the story could really make a difference for somebody else. So I went out on my own. I started sharing a new message and I started partnering with business owners who weren't sure how to share their stories because we are in a new world and trying to be this personal brand or make connections with your audience. And we're not really sure where that boundary is and what we're supposed to share in a way that makes us feel relatable and connected to our audience, but at a point where we're not sharing too much and scaring them away. And I'm doing this and I'm loving this work and it's incredible, but sometimes we are just way too close to the, to like our genius to realize it. And this whole time I had been speaking, I'd been speaking for over a decade, but never saw the value in it. I just figured other people knew how to do that, right? Like downplayed it until I went to my first creative conference and spoke. And I realized that these incredible business owners, they had built these amazing brands that I was very intimidated by, but they didn't know how to take this business message and translate it to the stage. They had no idea how to deconstruct their genius and pack it into a presentation. And that's where I started to realize this story work I'd been doing could expand. And I started shifting into speaking strategy. And I work now with entrepreneurs who really want to leverage the power of speaking to grow their business. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Yes, and thank, no, thank you for sharing this. And I don't know 
you know, before we get into the tangible things, y'all know that Diane and I love like action, right? Before we get into it, I knew about your story just because I've read your book and I actually don't remember, I don't know if you remember, but we have a, a mutual friend, Lindsay Lucas, and um, she and I were like in a mastermind at the time when I read your book. And I was like, I don't know, I really have to reach out to this woman because I have a pretty similar story to yours in regards to the age and, and the accident and all of that. And I felt like you were one of like two people in the world who totally got me. And I'm getting emotional right now. We're totally leaving this in the podcast, but that's just the power of you sharing your story and some stranger out there feeling super connected to it because you were brave enough to share that. And so I'm telling you again, thank you, even though I wrote you like this crazy email after I read your book years ago, thanking you. So I want to say that again, but it's been so amazing to see how you have just, you took that and you went in a whole like positive direction, impacting other people. You've definitely impacted like my life by you sharing your story. I can't thank you enough because I know like there are days in like, no matter what your story is, if you're listening, if it's don't compare it to mine first off. Yeah. That's not, this is not a comparison game. I hate how we're like in a world where it's like, how can I one up you with mine? <laughs> but every story is hard to share. Every story is difficult and we don't want to. And we don't know what that end is going to be like. We have no idea about the impact we could possibly make, but we just have to like hold faith that somebody needs to hear this. And for me, I feel like the biggest piece through it all is like, I had no idea what the end, like I didn't have an end in mind. And I think if you can remove this feeling of like, I need to get to this end result and just make a dedication to keep taking a step, it's incredible what can unfold. Because especially if you're dealing with something like I was where guilt plays a big role into it, we can get in our own way, we can self-sabotage and sometimes really this feeling of I don't deserve that end goal. But if you can strip away all of that and we just think about showing up today and taking one more step and serving one more person and sharing one more time, it will all compound. I love that. One step at a time, everybody. <laughs> that. So, you know, you're here, Jessica, because you are the queen of speaking. That is what I dubbed you. Oh, <laughs> I love it. In my head, it's also why I'm a part of your membership, because this is something that I'm super excited about diving into for my own business. So, you know, most of our listeners, they're about two years or less in business, but for the majority, they do want to transition to being full-time entrepreneurs. So let's say at this stage in their business, what are some of the first steps that they can be doing to get started with speaking? Like, is there something that comes before the stage? I love all of this. And first off, I want to give you like a little permission slip that being part-time in your business does not mean that you don't have something valuable to share from the stage. We have multiple speakers that we work with who have a full-time job and run a business and they are still out there speaking. So don't for a second downplay where you're at. Okay. Now <laughs> with that said, it's really important to understand how you want speaking to work for your business. Because I feel like we get frustrated with speaking or we feel let down or things aren't working for us because we're comparing our journey to somebody else's. And it's not going to look the same for all of us. So the first thing I want you to decide is what do you want speaking to do for you? If you're in a season where you really want to build credibility and just be seen as the go-to person at, for what you do, 
speaking is a great way to fast track that because there's something magical that happens when you grab a microphone and you step onto a stage that people instantly put you up on a pedestal and they see you as this authority figure. Now, in order to make the conversions from the stage, like I want you to kick that pedestal over and like get down on the same level with your audience. But it's a great thing if you're trying to build that kind of expert status within your business. But maybe you're at a place where you have some products, some programs or services, and you'd like to use speaking to sell more of those. That's a different path and it's perfect for all of us. But I think the first thing I want you to do is decide what does it need to look like for you right now? What's the most important thing as we're looking into this new year? What is the main focus? Is it to build credibility or is it to make conversions? Because that's going to help you determine what action steps you're going to take. Now, either way, no matter which one you're trying to do, there are tons of things you can do, be doing behind the scenes to start laying that groundwork. Like what we're doing right now on this podcast is a great way to get your feet wet with speaking because people will start to see you as an authority figure bonus points. That interview is evergreen and you get more comfortable with sharing about your subject matter and you're going to get feedback directly from the person interviewing you based on the questions that they're asking and the feedback they're giving you. You're going to start to see what people are actually interested in. This is such a great and free way to figure out what kind of content should go into your presentation, because I'm sure you're kind of overwhelmed with what would I even talk about? And we're too close to it to see what other people like. And when you get to do interviews and you get to see what these hosts are fired up about and what they find interesting about what you have to say, it will start to show you a lot of clues as to what you could be talking about. I love that. That's like, so good. Yeah, I love that you started <laughs> off with that. I was like, I was not expecting you to say that, but I, I really love that. I'm sorry, Joyce, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, we're both like, cool. We love that. Like, do we're always at this. Processing. Um, we're always processing or I'm always taking notes and we always hit this uh, point in a interview pretty early on. Cause our guests are all amazing where we're like, cool, we're done. But, we're not really <laughs> <done>. <laughs> but um, we love that. And it's all about, I was taking notes. I have a full page already here, but you know, it's a combination of what you want to do or how speaking can help you in your business, but also how you can help others and listening to them. So it's a two-way street, I guess, is my point there. And I love Absolutely. that. So what would you say to someone who has a fear of speaking? Because I think that's a pretty common fear. My fear is chickens, but I guess other people are scared <laughs> of speaking. <laughs> so what would you say to someone who does have that fear, but they do see how powerful speaking can be? Now, my biggest tip when it comes to like speaking fears is if you're at a place where you're, so first off that like a little bit of nervousness before speaking is normal. That's probably never going to go away. I've been doing this for like 14 years and I still get a little anxious beforehand. But if you're feeling like this fear coming up for you, I'm going to challenge you to kind of reframe this because chances are you're focusing on the wrong thing. When we start to fear speaking, we're typically fearing things like Am I going to mess up? Are they going to like me? What are they going to think about this? What if they hate it? What if I forget what I'm supposed to say? What if, what if, what if? And instead, what we really need to be focusing on is what kind of transformation am I going to make for my audience? What is this talk going to give them that they didn't have before? What are they going to be able to know or do or be 
after my talk and how dare I like hold that back from them? If we can shift our focus away from how we're going to be received and onto the difference we're going to make for somebody else, there's now this feeling of almost obligation that creeps up and we don't want to let them down. And I know that you care about your audience. You want to serve them in a big way. So all I want to challenge you to do is when you're thinking about speaking, think about that impact that you're going to make. Uh, I love it. And I think this also applies to sales. Like, yes, totally. don't withhold. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, you, you have this amazing thing that can help someone transform their life. It's your responsibility to get it out there, whether that's selling, whether that's speaking. Oh, so much love. You can't see me. See, I'm starting to sing again. You also can't see me because my, my hands were literally in the air um, and I'm starting to sing. So, so I don't continue to sing. I'm going to let Diana ask her questions. Yeah, no, I love that. And I was actually just telling my, one of my uh, calligraphers, we went to an event and um, I kind of let her take the lead and uh, people were complimenting her like, oh my gosh, your work is amazing. It's so beautiful. And she kept saying, oh no, it's actually hers. It's actually, it, it's not, it, oh, like she did it too. And I was like, why are you doing that? Like, what, what is going on here? And I just told her, like, remember compliments when people give it to you. Don't make it about yourself, you know, make it about like, thank you for giving me this gift and make it about that person. So I love how you talk about speaking like that. It's not about like puffing up your chest and be like, wow, look what I can do. But it's like, how can I best serve the audience? And why? Like, how dare I withhold any information just because I'm making it about me, which is not true. So Thank you, Jessica, for that. I feel like you've given so many people permissions and you're just breaking chains right now. And so yes. I just want to say like, I love that so much, especially because a lot of speaking is kind of doing that, right? It's breaking chains. Um, so. Who thought of Game of Thrones though? Like, look at you, <laughs> Khaleesi, my bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let me land with my giant dragon and just not <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some tangible tips. Again, this whole like episode so far has been so mind blowing to me. I'm like processing so many things. <laughs> it's really surprised me to be honest. Like I told Joyce before we got on this episode, I'm so excited to have Jessica on because we've actually never spoke about this. And I was more excited about like, I don't know. I think maybe I had an idea of like, okay, speaking, public speaking, like, you know, whatever. But you started with so many like permission things that I was like, and extracting your zone of genius and, um, you know, being so close. It, it's a lot of like emotional stuff that we're going through. Um, so I'd love to kind of like go back into that, like for people who are like, oh, well, Jessica obviously can speak about it because something crazy and dramatic happened in her life. Right. I'm sure a lot of people say that, yep. but the thing is like, everybody has a story. Obviously it's not the same as anyone else's, but how does someone go about extracting their story and finding their zone of genius? Like, do you have any exercises or any tips regarding finding your zone of genius? Absolutely. So in the very beginning, when I first started speaking or when I first stepped into the like creative world, I would do the same thing of like, I can't share my story. It's too much. Like, I wish I had a more normal story so people would relate to me. Like, this thing that other people view as like an asset to me, I viewed it as an absolute liability. So no matter where you're standing, it's going to look a little skewed, let's be honest. And when it comes to finding your story, you're probably looking for the wrong one. Full transparency, like I'm saying this with love, I'm not trying to point fingers at you. But when we start to think about a story, we try to look for like, what is the biggest most dramatic story that I could tell? Like what's going to pull at their heartstrings? 
And the reality is that might not be the story that your audience needs to hear. What I want you to do is first figure out, okay, what is it that I want to teach them? Or like, what is this message I want to give them? I really like to think of this as if I had a billboard in Times Square right now, and it was packed with all of my dream clients, which makes me super anxious because who wants to stand in a crowd like that? Not me. But like, I have this big billboard, an opportunity to share like one thing with them. What would I say? Like, what's the one thing that you would say to your audience if you had the moment and the platform to give it to them? You probably have something in your heart, something inspirational or something even practical of like, there's a better way to do this or whatever it looks like for you. What is the thing? Within that, you can probably then backtrack and say, okay, if I want to teach them something, maybe you want to teach them something. Maybe you want to teach them how to increase their profits in their business. Maybe you want to teach them how to write their about page on their website, or maybe you want to share with them something more motivational. doesn't matter at all. But if in order for them to go take action on this thing you're talking about, in order for them to trust you and that they are in your corner, what story can you share that is going to highlight common ground? That's the only story I want you to share. So if it's something that you've been through it like they have, if it's that you've worked with clients like they have, like that are like them, Uh, Maybe you've helped other clients write that about page. Maybe you can share them how you've increased your profits. Like those stories are more than enough. It doesn't always have to be a personal or motivational story. It's the fact that we're looking to find common ground and show our audience that we've been there. We've done that. We've walked where they are. So for me, even when I'm speaking on something super practical, like how to scale your business with speaking. I'm still going to share a little bit about my story. And the reason for that is I started with speaking. Like speaking is the thing that carried me through. And you understanding that how invested I am in speaking is going to help you understand how invested I'm going to be in you sharing your message. Yeah, that's really good. It reminds me of like the pursuit of happiness. It's like you need to know the full story in order to dive into it or invest into it, right? Like so you're inviting people kind of like into your story. But I love also what you said earlier of like knowing what to share and what not to share too. Yes. It can get a little tricky, but like, I think you have to start with your message first Mm -hmm. and then back into the story that's going to pair with it. Yeah. How do you know what to curate? Like once you figure out this is the story that I want to share with the world, kind of how do you curate that? Um, I have a whole workbook that you can go through it. Um, and it will like write it for you, but I'm going to give you some cliff notes <laughs> on this. Love it. Love is, it. <laughs> so I like to start with, I, everything comes back to a transformation. So like when we're talking to our audience, like where are they now? Where do we want to get them to? And what do we have to tell them to get them from A to B? But the same is kind of reversed for you. It's like, where were you before? Whatever this thing is you're telling, where were you at the end? And what points do you need to share in the middle that are going to connect the dots? There's a lot of stuff you probably want to shove in there that doesn't need to be there. But what are the only things that somebody needs to know to understand how you got from A to B? That's it. We want to remove all the emotion and we want to just tell all the facts first. We can go back in after you've crafted the storyline and add more of the feelings. But we want to pull out as much of the extra stuff as possible at first. Because that's how we will water down our message. We can't get them from A to B if we don't have a clear path. 
I love that. That like really breaks it down. It reminds me of like movies, storytelling, writing an essay, building a podcast. Like there's so much you can do with this concept of extracting your story and public speaking and, and knowing like that that's such a valuable thing to have. So I love what you said. You can apply it in different ways. If you have a fear of speaking, obviously Joyce touched on that a little bit, but if you're like, oh, I really want to, you know, insert this kind of concept into a podcast or whatever, then you can also do that as well. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So we actually held our very first conference in July, 2019, this past summer. And we had about five speakers um, speaking on different business topics and they did receive publicity through being a part of this event. Um, Some of them had spoken before. We had, I think maybe one or, yeah, I think one of those speakers had never spoken and she was actually phenomenal. And she got- Shout out Sammy. Yeah, Sammy. (laughs) She was amazing and so cute and just, she's the best. But I wanted to ask you for people who are, you know, for someone like Sammy, it's her first time. How can you turn just the opportunity to receive publicity into a sale or a conversion for business owners specifically? Oh, that's great. So I'm a weirdo and I'm not very good at naming things. So I categorize speaking into three categories, tier one, two, and three. Real creative name. I know. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So I mentioned a little bit of this earlier, but like tier one is really where I'm saying like your main goal when speaking is to build that credibility, right? To get the exposure, to get people seeing you as this expert, all of this PR and press opportunity. But if you want to transform from tier one to tier two, and tier two is conversions, the most important thing for you is to speak in front of the right audience. So hands down, everything else can be removed. But if you have a product or service that you want to sell and you are not in front of people who can actually buy it from you, you will not sell it. So if you want to make conversions, if you want to sell your products, your programs, your courses, your services, anything, you have to make sure that you're speaking in front of an audience that is that mirrors your ideal client, because if not, you can't sell it. <laughs> so that would be the most important thing I want you to focus on is, are you looking at opportunities that are right fit for you? If you're looking to build credibility, the audience doesn't matter as much because you're not, you don't have to make a sale on the spot in the room. What's going to be most important if you're looking to build credibility is making sure you're only saying yes to opportunities that are on your subject matter. So if you are a copywriter and you want to be seen as the best copywriter, don't start speaking about social media. Don't start speaking about bookkeeping. Don't start speaking about work-life balance. Make sure you're speaking about copywriting because the whole point in those speaking engagements is for you to solidify yourself as the expert. But if we want to move into the conversions, you could speak on different subject matters as long as you can pull it all together. But what's most important is getting in the right room in front of your people. Oh man. I'm like, then I start to ask questions like, but where do I find that room? (laughs) That's easy. Ask your people. Oh, so if you know that your people go to X conference and you ask them, you know, is this is the perfect time to do this research? Because people are at the end of the year, the beginning of a new year, they're planning all of the things they're going to invest in for the next year. They're excited and fired up. Very casually asked, what events, conferences, networking groups, whatever, are you looking forward to attending this year? You just got a whole list of places to reach out to. True. Sometimes I honestly forget to ask 
my audience. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I ask random things like, what should I buy at Target or should I do this? But there's also the valuable information that you could extract. Like, where do you want to go this year? What conferences are you planning to attend? And then starting your own list. So I totally love that. We had one last question for you, Jess, and it is, if you have any tips for pitching yourself to a conference or a podcast, a panel event or, or any of that, because I think that's also after people have the get over the fear of speaking or chickens in my case, then they have a fear of pitching. So is there any tips there for someone who wants to do this and speak? Absolutely. The first thing I want to do is just tell you that remember that these organizers event planners, podcast hosts, whoever they are, they need speakers. Like you are doing them a favor by giving them valuable content that they can share on their platform. So don't feel like you're begging for something, first and foremost. (laughs) Second, we want to go into this prepared. When pitches fall flat or when we're stressed out about pitching ourselves to places, it's probably because we didn't do our homework and we don't have all of our ducks in a row. So you want to take the time before you pitch to understand, like, what is it that I'm going to share? What presentation do I want to deliver? What kind of transformation am I going to create for this audience? And if you haven't composed that stuff ahead of time, it's going to be very difficult to communicate your value that you're going to be delivering to the organizer. So make sure you do that work ahead of time to figure out what your presentation is really going to look like so you can communicate the value of it. Then when it's time to pitch, I want you to talk a whole lot less and listen a whole lot more. A lot of times our pitches fall flat because we've spent so much time talking about ourselves and how awesome we are and the value that we can deliver. And we didn't take the time at all to ask what the organizer actually wants. The subject that we're suggesting might not even be something they're looking for at the event, but you're not going to know that if you don't ask them questions. So I would challenge you to build a relationship with these organizers. Ask them about their vision for the event. What do they want to see? What worked last year? What didn't? And it's going to give you a lot of insight as to how you can tailor your presentation and your pitch to really fit the needs for that event rather than just drafting a pitch and emailing it to everybody you can think of. I love homework. So I love that (laughs) tip. I'm like, yes, give me homework. So, oh, I don't know. Like, again, I don't know where to start because I loved this episode so much. I loved it for um, your story, Jessica, but I also loved it for the tangible tips that you gave our audience. I have so many takeaways. I legit have two pages of notes, but I think my biggest things were that you have something valuable to say, regardless of what stage you're at in your business. And I hope that you, you listener really, really like let that sink in. We deal with a lot of things as creatives, imposter syndrome and confidence and all of these things, but you have something valuable to say. So just remember that. Also remember that every story is hard, but just have faith that someone needs to hear what you have to say. You do have something important to say. Anything that we have referenced throughout the episode will be in the show notes, as well as where you can listen to Jessica on her podcast, where you can find her online, where you can grab her book definitely check all of that out we thank you for listening and let us know over on instagram are you going to add speaking to your whole uh business now is that going to be a thing you do because we'd love to hear about it we'll catch you in the next episode 